besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Josh White, NFL expert and a favourite of ours on the Overnight Crowd, joins us to talk week 12 of the NFL season. G'day, Josh. G'day, mate. How are we? Good, thank you. Thanks so much for the time once again. It's a fun little season that we're having. Uh, Would you say the results so far this week have been a little more straightforward than the past few weeks? Uh, Yeah, to a degree, I'd (laughs) imagine. Uh, I think some of the results, uh, teams getting the wins uh, are not surprising. Some of the margins and the way that they've won have been probably a little bit more surprising. Um, Mm. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of on trend with the season. But... uh, (laughs) A little bit more uh, normal, I guess, in the in terms of the NFL standard. Started on Thanksgiving with a triple header. Uh, we'll start with the Bears getting past the Lions to sixteen to fourteen. The Matt Nagy massacre rumours didn't come true just yet, as uh, Cairo Santos kicked the walk off field goal to down the Lions. Can the Bears fans take any confidence from this performance, though? Uh, probably not. I think if you're a Bears <laughs> fan, you probably want them to lose that game um, and and get rid of the Matt Nagy era. It hasn't quite panned out given you know so much of it started so well with the you know the coach of the year and, and then making the playoffs and, and things looking really really good for the Bears and um, unfortunately it's just it's just getting worse and worse and I know they got the win but they were probably more frustrating to watch than the Lions who you know are bereft of talent whereas the Bears at least have some some good names on offense and defense but just it just seems to be a bit of a weird season. The Raiders getting past the Cowboys, 36-33 in overtime. Another field goal winner, this time courtesy of Daniel Carson for the Raiders. They snapped a three-game losing streak in the process as well. This was, a, this was a really ugly, ugly game. It was just filled with penalties from start to finish. And um, unfortunately for, for many, that's the, that was probably the primetime game for, for many Australian fans with uh, with that being you know the middle of the day here on, on Friday. And I think there was... Close to 300 total yards of penalties with 14 apiece on each team. So it's really hard to take too much away from this from that game, to be honest, just because there was just so much flag and just ruined teams' momentum. But I think the the overarching takeaway is that um, you know the, the Raiders maybe this season is a little bit different to the previous ones where they did get out to a hot start and and blew it all away. And maybe this is a win here on the road where they can. Um, take some solace and, and in a wide open AFC, they can give themselves a fighting chance. And the Cowboys fans let the refs know at the end of the game as well. That was uh, oh, always fun to say. They sure did. Uh, rightly so, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That felt like the longest game in NFL history. Um, just, you know a game's running late when the, the game after it is already kicked off when you when you when when it flicks over to that game, it's already sort of three minutes in. <laughs> uh, the Bills <laughs> getting past the Saints, 31-6. to six. More straightforward in this result. Uh, the Bills, Josh Allen throwing four touchdowns, but also two picks. Uh, the Saints were shut out for three quarters pretty much, weren't they? Yeah, this is this has been the, the story for the Saints now the last couple of weeks. And unfortunately uh, for them, they're just they're just too banged up. They're, they're missing so many key players. They're now missing sort of their QB running back and wide receiver that that led them to the playoffs last year in Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and and Alvin Kamara. So they're, they're just missing too many stars. And, and Sean Payton did a great job early on in the season, but ultimately, you know, Trevor Simeon is is only going to be kind of a stopgap QB for one or two weeks and he's, he's not going to be the long-term answer as, as teams figure them out, figure him out and, and dare you to beat them with his arm and unfortunately he can't do that. So um, the Bills still a little bit 
still a little bit rusty on offense, but they found their mojo in the second half, and I think they'll take a lot away from that. Uh, the Falcons down the Jags 21-14 to 14, and in doing so kept their small playoff hopes alive. Uh, finding the scoreboard after only managing a field goal across their past two matches, but took a lot of Jags' mistakes for the Falcons to get on top. Yeah, the fact that the Falcons are still a, uh, you know, classified as in the hunt for the playoff <laughs> uh, mix tells you all you need to know about this season at the moment. Uh, because, yeah, it, it could be further from from a realistic uh like a real opportunity for them to be in the playoffs. Like there's just, there's just no way that they're a playoff team that they're just, there's just no way it's, it's, it's too much going on. Matt Ryan's pretty much a shell of his former self, although he, he does have some moments, but yeah, as, as you said, it takes a lot of, a lot of Jaguars mistakes and, and a lot of uh, urban Meyer bad decisions for, for the Falcons to get that win. Uh, the Dolphins down the Panthers, 33 to 10, and the Cam Newton memes were coming thick and fast today. If I heard the <laughs> I'm back into Curb Your Enthusiasm theme once today, I heard it 17 yeah. or 18 times. But Tua Tagvola was uh, pretty bloody good for the Dolphins in this win as well. Yeah, he was he was very good. And um, for all the talk going to it was about Cam Newton, and, and I think all the talk coming out of it is probably still on Cam Newton, but the, the talk probably should be on on tour and, and this Dolphins team because, uh, you know, they, they were one and seven um, a few weeks ago and, and now five and seven. And, uh, you know, they've, they're a much better sort of five-win team that you'd sort of stick your flag to or attach your bandwagon to than, say, the Falcons or or the Eagles. It's this Dolphins defense is for real and, and they're, they're making a lot of teams feel that sort of pressure. We saw it a couple of weeks ago with the Ravens and then we saw it with the Panthers and and. You know, they're a dangerous team right now, and I think a lot of people would be talking about them if it weren't for another team in their division that's also going on a bit of a late-season surge in the Patriots. The Jets versus the Texans, and be still my beating heart as the first half of the New York Double is completed, with the Jets rinsing the Texans 21-14. to Do we thank Zach Wilson in some way, or I don't know how we're supposed to feel about it? <laughs> it's a weird game, and I find it weird that... Um, twice this year that the Jets and Giants have both won on the same day despite only having seven wins between them but uh, it seems to be a, a thing at the moment the, the New York double but yeah I think I think Zach Wilson yeah it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's a really it's a, it was a strange game for him the inter- interception off the teammates back was, was a truly special moment it wasn't quite butt fumble-esque um, type Mark Sanchez but I mean I think for 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 a Jets fan, I think you have to take solace that Zach Wilson showed, even though not on paper it doesn't look great, but he showed some small improvements from what we saw earlier in the year. So maybe the time on the sideline while injury, being injured um, came in handy for him. Are the Giants uh, completing the rare New York football double? And uh, with the movements of Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, out the door this week, it was the Giants' defense again that got the job done over the Eagles, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't really the, the lack of Jason Garrett that really spurred them home with, with only 13, 13 points. But uh, I think the Giants' defense played a bit more to their to their tune and, and, and locked down on the Eagles where they really struggled to, to do so last week against Tampa. I think that was a horrible matchup for them last week. Um, Tampa are a lot better equipped to attack the Giants, you know, spreading a lot of weapons out wide and just cutting them un- underneath to Tom Brady, whereas Jalen Hurts isn't quite as equipped uh, to do that um, this this early in his career and with the lack of real weapons, you know, Jalen Rager had a lot of drops in this game, as did Quez Watkins, which is probably the, the story for the Eagles is lots of drops. But uh, I think for the Giants, 
four and seven. There's maybe, maybe Daniel Jones here at the end is need to show that maybe without Jason Garrett, he can be the solution for them at QB. And um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure about Daniel Jones. I think the jury's still out on him, so we'll have to see how the, the rest of the season plays out for them. That's that's their probably their biggest takeaway for the. Or the biggest thing to watch down the stretch for them. Mm. Uh, the Patriots rolling on through the season, taking some more names. This time, the injury ravaged Titans, thirty-six to thirteen. Are the Titans just on the back burner until some of those stars can return? Yeah, it kind of felt like it. It was really weird. Like the the, the Titans, kind of their strategy in that game was that it felt like they were running out the clock a lot in, in the second quarter and third quarter. They'll they'll down double digits and they're running out the clock. It felt like I think they just wanted to. Get their get their out, bums out of there, no injuries, and, and wait for those healthy players to come back. They know they've got some games up their sleeve on the rest of their division, and um, I think that's probably where their mind is at. As, as sad as that is, it's probably a realistic scenario for them because they just are so banged up. They went into that game with just so many injuries across the board, and um, it's it's hard enough going into to Foxborough and taking on a former coach like uh, Bill Belichick was to, to Vrabel, but uh, you know it's. It's a good story for the Pats, who were three and four at one point, and now sitting as the uh, the number two seed in the AFC, um, and have a chance to to claim that one seed just because the uh, the Ravens and their division is so hotly contested. So mm. it's a very wide open AFC, and the Pats are very much a legitimate threat. And, and Bill Belichick deserves to be in the Coach of the Year uh, conversation. Coach of the Year, and also best dressed. I think he's in the conversation for both. <laughs> Both, and if they are in the Super Bowl again, it, it just gives it more punters an opportunity to uh, to bet on what colour hoodie Bill Belichick will wear. <laughs> uh, the Bengals versus the Steelers. The Bengals uh, fans of the overnight crowd are rejoicing on the big win over the Steelers, forty-one to ten, turning the tables on a team that had dominated them in recent history. Yeah, this is the first time they swept the Steelers since two thousand and nine, uh, and this was probably the result I mentioned at the top. Uh, atop our, our conversation was this was probably the more surprising sort of scoreline. I, I expected potentially the Bengals to get the win, but I didn't expect them to, to kind of do the Steelers on the Steelers. They they hit them hard with just unbelievable defense, strong running game, and just really just Steelers the Steelers, and they just kicked their kicked their ass today, and they they really just pounded them from from you know pillar to post. And I think the Bengals deserve a lot of credit, and I think uh, Zach Taylor who I'm still not sure he's a very good coach, but um, I think he's at least saved himself his career uh, for for the next couple of seasons with the, with this uh, surge from the Bengals, and, and they they deserve a lot of credit because uh, it wasn't just sort of Joe Burrow like throwing his way out of this. It was a, a comprehensive uh, team performance, especially mm. one where many questioned their offensive line going into the season. And they just pushed the Steelers all day. So I was going to say probably the most impressive win of the day. Yeah, lovely. Uh, Tampa Bay getting past the Colts, thirty-eight to thirty-one, and Leonard Fournette getting in on Tom Brady's love affair with Indianapolis by having a career-high four touchdowns. It was a great game, but my highlight might have been uh, Vita Vey getting a tooth knocked out, and his coach saying he's got thirty more, he'll be fine. That was unbelievable. I, I, I can't watch that. I, I watched it once, and I've seen the clip pop up on my feed countless times, and I yeah. physically cannot bring myself to watch it anymore. So it just proves how tough. Um, the NFL is, and everyone knew Vita Vea was tough, but now it's like it's even it's even tougher. Like the, the folklore around Vita Vea is 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 crazy, and he deserves a lot of credit for their win because he mostly kept Jonathan Taylor under wraps, and and the reason they the Colts didn't run the ball as much as they normally did was because of his presence in the middle, and that was um, 
that was very noticeable for the Bucks. And I think, uh, look, you see 38 points and you expect Tom Brady to have a big game, and it, but it really wasn't. He, he kind of just game managed, and, and Leonard Fournette did his thing. He, yeah, 100 yards, three touchdowns. He was he was dominant, and, and a healthy Gronk is just such a good safety blanket for, for Tom Brady. So I think the Colts should be pretty proud. There was, some, there was a bad turnover on special teams in their own territory and a freak interception from Antoine Winfield Jr. that pretty much turned the tide in this game. So... They, they hung with the Bucks for most of this game, and, and so I think the Colts at 6-6 six and six are, are a bit of a dark horse in the AFC. The Broncos get past the Chargers, 28-13. to 13. Uh, Justin Herbert was picked off twice, including one that was run back for a touchdown by Pat Sertain. We nearly heard our next uh, collectively with how fast he ran it back. Yeah, he's, he's a freak athlete, and, uh, yeah, there's a reason the Broncos selected him so high as they did in the draft. And despite it not being really a position of need for them, you you can't pass on, on talent like that. And yeah, he's, he's pretty much a freak. And, and for the Chargers, it's, it's really weird that I feel like the Chargers have the same season every single year. Like they have a stretch where everyone thinks they're really good and this is the year. And then they just seem to go back into the hole a little bit for a couple of games and, I think six and five is probably where they'll be. They'll probably end up finishing the season one game over 500 and probably just missing out on the playoffs in true Chargers fashion. <laughs> uh, the 49ers <laughs> down the Vikings 34 to 26 and made it three in a row for the 49ers. Debo Samuel burned bright before an injury with two touchdowns and there was a sweet 99 yarder uh, from the Vikings, Kene Nwangu as well. But the 49ers are clicking at an opportune time. Yeah, they're, they're really, really good. I think if the Colts are the dark horse in the AFC, the 49ers are the dark horse in the NFC. And this is what I kind of expected from the 49ers from, for most of the year. They had a bit of a lull there in the middle of the year where they had a lot of injuries and, and things kind of not go their way. And, and now uh, since week nine, in a statistic I like to use, EPA per play, they're number one in the uh, in the NFL. So in expected points per play, that's the 49ers are dominating from top to bottom. For the Vikings, this was... Another game for them. They're the only team this season to lead a game by seven or more points in every single game, and they're sitting at five and six. So oh, oh. I don't know if you should be happy with this season or upset with the season. It's kind of one of those things that you're good enough to be leading in all these games, but um, you've also you know given away those leads. So um, I think at five and six, you'd be really pulling your hair out as a Vikings fan. Yeah. Uh, the Packers got over the Rams 36-28. to 28. Uh, OBJ gets his first touchdown in LA. And Aaron Rodgers battles through his toe injury to throw two touchdowns. And he ran one in as well. Yeah, Rodgers looked pretty healthy to me. Um, so I'm maybe the toe injury isn't as bad as as he thought. Or um, maybe, yeah, it's, it's just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers and <laughs> toughing it out a little bit and maybe trying to change the narrative around him a little bit. And uh, look, I think... He probably is the MVP of the season so far, but I just don't know if, if voters are going to vote for him given yeah. what's happened over the last uh, couple of weeks. So we'll have to wait and see how this one plays out. But it was a pretty impressive performance from the Packers who were missing um, quite a few players on their offensive line going up against Aaron Donald and, and Von Miller and still managing to, to put up 36 points and, and, and uh, yeah, pretty much... Not dominate, but they looked pretty much comfortable for, for three quarters of this game after after the sort of midway through the second quarter. So um, the Packers are kind of clipping at the heels of the Cardinals here for that number one seed in the NFC. The Ravens defeat the Browns 16-10, to 10, and how good and bad is Lamar Jackson all at the one time? Uh, four interceptions, <laughs> but also giving the Ravens every chance in getting the win over the Browns. Yeah, uh, Lamar giveth and Lamar taketh away, I think, is... <laughs> It's kind of 
it's kind of weird. Like he's kind of the only quarterback that can make some of those plays that he makes, but he's also a quarterback that is often prone to throwing some some bad interceptions from time to time. And um, he he's kind of been like that all season. And um, I think the Ravens are a little bit lucky to have eight wins because they have been close in games. I remember they 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 needed a fifty nine yarder to, to beat Detroit. At, back in week three or four and, and things like that. So Justin Tucker is, you know, just proves how valuable he is when, when you've got some really close down-to-the-wire games and he was a difference today for them. And um, it was a very, very ugly, ugly game. But at <laughs> eight and three, and the, the Ravens are sitting atop the AFC. And as long as as long as long you can get that number one seed, it, it doesn't really matter how you play in the middle of the year, as long as they're kind of hitting their stride at the right time at the, the back end of the season and, we know Lamar can play a lot better than he has so far this season. So I think if you're a Ravens fan, um, you're not kind of too worried so far. We've still got the Seahawks versus Washington coming up in the morning as well. Have uh, the Seahawks hit the panic button just yet? Are there a chance of turning the tide versus Washington? Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm not sure with the Seahawks. It's one of those things where we could, probably could see Russell Wilson, given his finger injury and, and what's going on with his contract and, and all the hostility that, that happened over the past off season. We could see him not bench, but maybe rested, given that the season's pretty much out of reach here at three and seven, and um, that would be sad because it could be the end of the Russell Wilson era in Seattle because it's looking like he may um, opt out and, and look elsewhere at the end of the season. So that's definitely something to monitor um, in the off season. But uh, I think for Washington at four and six, and given how you know, I mentioned the Falcons are still technically in the hunt at five and six. <laughs> Um, I think Washington are a slightly better team than that, even with sort of Taylor Heineke at quarterback. And I think Ron Rivera has done a pretty good job with this team. So I think if they can get the win and, you know, they, they tie themselves up with the Vikings and remain firmly in the hunt for that sort of seventh uh, wildcard spot for the NFC. So I do I, I do expect Washington to, to to fight hard in this one. And, and Seahawks, it's really hard to gauge the motivation here at three and seven and, and so much sort of angst in, in the building. But, the range of outcomes with Russell Wilson are endless. We could get the Russell Wilson the last few weeks, which is pretty poor and career worst, or we could see a heavily motivated Russell Wilson and he'll light up the field like the MVP um, that he can be. Fantastic, Josh. Thanks so much for the time and the knowledge on the overnight crowd, mate. We'll uh, catch up again soon. No worries. Look forward to it. That's Josh Y, NFL expert, joining us on the overnight crowd. And uh, during that chat, we mentioned uh, in the Buccaneers versus Colts game from earlier today with the Bucks getting past the Colts 38-31. to 31, uh, Leonard Fournette running in four touchdowns, as well as uh, Tom Brady, including his love affair with Leonard and the rest of the boys in Indianapolis. But it was Vita Vey who had a tooth knocked out in this upcoming highlight. And then also his coach, Bruce Arians, having something interesting to say about uh, just basically getting on with the job. So let's hear first the highlight when Vita lost his tooth and then also from his coach and what he had to say following the incident in this match versus the Buccaneers and also the Colts from the NFL earlier today. Take a look at Vita Vea here. Oh, he lost a tooth. And he's smiling. That's oh my the best part. Oh my gosh. Do they uh does the tooth fairy come for 26-year-olds? <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't know. That is during the game. I don't know if you were aware of that or if I don't I don't care. You know, you've got 30 other ones. <laughs> he still played it was I mean, even- <laughs> Yeah, he'll play without a tooth. I mean that, that ain't nothing. 
That is Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians with one of my favorite quotes so far this sporting year around his charge. Uh, Vita Vey losing a tooth and saying he's got 30 more of them. He's fine. He'll be back out there playing. Don't worry about it. So if you have any highlights or any memories from today's action in the NFL across week 12 of NFL action for the season, and don't forget the Seahawks versus Washington also coming up this morning, let us know on the overnight crowd, 0433 98 11 16. If you'd like to get involved or 1300 736 736. The open line on the overnight crowd. Paul Heath with you on SEN. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.